Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the memorial of the Passion of St. John the Baptist. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who willed that St. John the Baptist should go ahead of your son both in his birth and in his death, grant that, as he died a martyr for truth and justice, we too may fight hard for the confession of what you teach. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The word of the Lord was addressed to me, saying, Brace yourself for action. Stand up and tell them all I command you. Do not be dismayed at their presence, or in their presence I will make you dismayed. I, for my part, today will make you into a fortified city, a pillar of iron, and a wall of bronze to confront all this land. The kings of Judah, its princes, its priests, and the country people, they will fight against you, but shall not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you. It is the Lord who speaks. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will sing your salvation. I will sing your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me, free me, pay heed to me and save me. I will sing your salvation. Be a rock where I can take refuge, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold. Free me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing your salvation. It is you, O Lord, who are my hope, my trust, O Lord, since my youth. On you I have leaned from my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my help. I will sing your salvation. My lips will tell of your justice, and day by day of your help. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and I proclaim your wonders still. I will sing your salvation. Alleluia, alleluia. Happy are they who suffer persecution. For justice's sake, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Herod sent to have John arrested and had him chained up in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had told Herod, It is against the law for you to have your brother's wife. As for Herodias, she was furious with him and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod was afraid of John, knowing him to be a good and holy man, and gave him his protection. When he had heard him speak, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. An opportunity came on Herod's birthday when he gave a banquet for the nobles of his court, for his army officers, and for the leading figures in Galilee. When the daughter of this same Herodias came in and danced, she delighted Herod and his guests. So the king said to the girl, Ask me anything you like and I will give it to you. And he swore her an oath, I will give you anything you ask, even half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? She replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried straight back to the king and made her request. I want you to give me John the Baptist's head, here and now, on a dish. The king was deeply distressed, but thinking of the oaths he had sworn and of his guests, he was reluctant to break his word to her. So the king at once sent one of the bodyguard with orders to bring John's head. The man went off and beheaded him in prison. Then he brought the head on a dish and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about this, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's just do a quick little historical background to to sort of get our bearings a little bit. So, in Luke's Gospel, we hear about Herod the Great, the one who sent his soldiers in to kill the Holy Innocents in the hope of snagging the newborn king of the Jews in Bethlehem and and making sure that he doesn't come to challenge his throne. That's Herod the Great. Well, Herod the Great, when he dies, his kingdom is divided up into four Uh, and four of his sons take over, and they come to be known as Tetrarchs because they have a quarter of the kingdom. Uh, And Herod Antipas, the Herod that we hear about now, is one of those sons of Herod the Great. Uh, Now, historically, things get a little bit confused um, because it turns out Herod the Great had about 10 wives and kids by all of them. Most of the males he called Herod. Uh, just like Herod Antipas that we have here. Now, Herod Antipas, he uh, marries um, uh, an Arabian woman uh, with whom he has a a daughter, uh, and she flees back to her home country, and Herod Antipas repudiates his first wife, um, and he takes for himself his half-brother's wife, Herodias. Now, it turns out that Herodias is actually Jewish, She comes from the line of um, the Maccabeans. Now, here's the thing. Herodias marrying Herod? That's a bit of a no-no. You see, in the book of Leviticus, it says, If a man 
takes his brother's wife. It is impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness, and they shall be childless. Now, Herod Antipas, he's not Jewish, but Herodias is. So she's supposed to be under the law, but Herod is not. And maybe that goes some way to explain why Herodias has got a special hatred for John the Baptist, whereas Herod is perhaps just a little bit more curious. Now, if you remember back a few weeks ago, um, we went through the cycle of readings from the um, first book of Kings about um, the prophet Elijah. And maybe this is starting to sound a little bit familiar. You see, Elijah was one who wasn't shy about telling truth to power. Uh, And he took on King Ahab, king of Israel, and took on his wife, Jezebel. And of course, Jezebel is the one who has a special hatred for Elijah. And Jezebel is the one who convinces her somewhat weaker husband, Ahab, to set out in pursuit of the prophet Elijah. Now, if you remember back a few weeks ago, you know, we discovered that Elijah, he was a tough customer. Um, and he was busy calling the people to repentance because, you know, Jezebel had brought the cult of Baal of the land of Sidon into Israel and, and set it up alongside the worship of God. Uh, and so Elijah, you know, he, he firstly condemns the king and his wife for having done this and then calls the people to repentance. And interestingly enough, he says that it's not going to rain here. And, and for three and a half years, they experience a terrible drought. Elijah then takes on the prophets of Baal in a bit of a contest of sacrifices to see on which the fire would come and which was acceptable to the true God. And of course, you know, the fire comes down on Elijah's sacrifice. Uh, and that's when Jezebel really decides to put the hammer down and and starts chasing Elijah through the desert. Now, you know, a few more bits and pieces happen in, in Elijah's life until finally we hear that in ending the course of his earthly existence, a fiery chariot comes down from heaven, picks him up, and then, you know, his mantle falls down to the ground, which Elisha picks up and, you know, obviously takes up the mantle and, and continues the great work of Elijah. But it ends on this really strange note of Elijah not actually having died, having been taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. But this gives rise to the expectation that Elijah's job is not actually done and he's got to come back to finish the work And the work that he must do is announce the Messiah. In fact, um, 400 years after Elijah, we, we hear this in the prophet Malachi. Know that I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before my day comes. So much about John the Baptist's ministry is presented as him being a new Elijah, In fact, the disciples actually question Jesus at one point, and they say, well, why do the scribes say that Elijah has to come first? And Jesus responds, look, true, Elijah is to come first and to see that everything is as it should be. Yet how is it the scriptures say about the Son of Man that he is to suffer grievously and be treated with contempt? However, I tell you that Elijah has come, and they have treated him as they pleased, just as the scriptures say about him. Now, Jesus there is referring to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is 
the new Elijah. We can see it firstly in the way that Elijah took on Herod Antipas and his wife Herodias, just like Elijah took on King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. But he especially is the one who has proclaimed the coming of the Messiah, the one who has been the precursor to the Messiah. And now that we look at the beheading of John the Baptist, we see the reference that Jesus makes here. He says, well, they treated John the Baptist as they pleased, and they will do the same to the Son of Man. Elijah didn't suffer death. He was taken up in a chariot of fire. But John the Baptist most certainly does. And in some ways, like this is the crowning moment of John the Baptist's proclamation of the coming of the Messiah. He's proclaiming that the Messiah will come in sacrifice. In predicting his own passion, Jesus says, Look, they treated Elijah the way that they wanted. They'll treat the Son of Man in the way that they wanted, to be treated with contempt, and he will suffer grievously. It means that today, the celebration of the Passion of John the Baptist is kind of like a little Good Friday. Herod the Great murdered the Holy Innocents in Bethlehem in the hope of snagging Jesus. Now his son, Herod Antipas, has murdered John the Baptist as a prefiguring of what will happen with Jesus. And interestingly, This will come forward on Good Friday again. You know, when Jesus is hanging upon the cross and he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That the crowd, they misunderstand what Jesus say. But the crowd, they misunderstand what Jesus says and they think he's calling on Elijah. And they say, let's see if Elijah is going to come back. But Elijah has already come back. And he has proclaimed this moment. By the shedding of his own blood, he has pointed to the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. So I think once more, today becomes a moment to follow the finger of John the Baptist. That he has always pointed toward Jesus. And even in his death, he now points beyond his own beheading to the suffering death of Jesus. Now, take this for whatever it's worth, because this is just kind of my own little sort of musing. But it turns out that I'm a bit of a softy. Um, and at the Seder meal, at, at the Passover meal, which is celebrated, uh, there's an old custom where after grace over the meal has been said, they would pour a cup of wine for Elijah and kind of open the front door and sort of let Elijah in. And they'd leave a place for Elijah, because, of course, Elijah is to come in order to announce the Messiah. Now, did they do that at the Last Supper? I wonder. And I wonder if that little ritual of calling Elijah's presence forward was a great comfort to Jesus before he entered into his passion, that he called upon his cousin and his great friend, John the Baptist, to accompany him in a special way through his own passion. I don't know. I'd like to think so. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, 
we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.